0: Hello, and welcome to The Violet Vulture. My name is Emmy, and I'm your host. I identify as a multi-passionate, as a multidisciplinary storyteller, I'm a death doula, and an all-around too-much person. My work can best be described as an ever-evolving commitment to living well, dying well, and walking through life as sensuously as possible. Topics we cover on this podcast include, but aren't limited to... Discussing mortality, celebrating spirituality, artists, archetypes. Unpacking what horror can teach us about the human experience and our collective fears. Exploring how we can better integrate our shadows, because we totally honor our darkness here. And, one of my favorite topics, changing your damn mind. We love a rebel. What can I say? I love my multitudes, and I love exploring the multitudes and others in turn. If you want to keep the conversation going, you can keep up with me on Instagram at LaSueEmmy, my website, SueEmmy.com, or you can get it to my newsletter, The Inner Circle. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. Also, I'm doing a little giveaway here. If you're a person who loves a little treat, go on and screenshot a written review to Apple Podcasts before hitting submit and send that screenshot along to emmy at SueEmmy.com. With some mention of, of this episode to get something I whipped up for you folks who want to keep the villain vibes going. Everyone who submits a review will get the goods. One final update here. I'll be taking next week off as I find it'll be easiest for me to commit to three episodes a month, especially with the little life changes like the curveballs that life has been throwing at me lately. It is sapping my personal capacity. So that will be the model at least for the foreseeable future. This format is designed to free me up to produce better content and also to focus on nurturing a few things I've been putting on the back burner that I will be releasing in sequence very soon. And to reiterate, newsletter subscribers get all of this juicy information before I let the rest of the internet know. So if you'd like to be FOMO free, go on and join the inner circle. Anyway, without further ado, let's get to today's episode. I have a bit of a confession to make. I am actually a Slytherin, not a Gryffindor. I realize that this likely surprises little to no one at this point, but it was a process for me. I think the root of it is, while I know I have the qualities, I always really, I didn't really feel like I was a true Gryffindor. I do think that I am brave and I do think I look good in red, But the ambition, resourcefulness, determination, cleverness, those are all me for sure, but they're also very Slytherin. The rub was the connotations of Slytherin. To be in the snake house is to insinuate that you're a villain in some way. So I did what I did a lot as a young person. I blocked it away. I focused on tapping into that Hermione Granger energy instead. This came to mind almost immediately as I realized I wanted this episode to be a little bit of a continuation of last week's episode about the dark side of the hero. It's not a true part two necessarily, but discussing the hero feels like a great opportunity to begin to unpack the villain. And honestly, the villain feels so much juicier right now for a ton of reasons. I've got a complicated relationship with villains. Growing up, I did relate a bit to the more underdog archetypes within heroes and a little bit less to the villains, but they did still have an appeal, and that felt a little bit like I was breaking a rule. It felt confusing that villains felt cooler than the heroes that we ought to be aspiring to be. But as with many things when you're an adult, it's complicated. For instance, being a Slytherin in and of itself one doesn't mean anything aside from what you decide to assign to it. And two, it doesn't mean that you're a villain or all bad, as we've seen in the original Harry Potter books. I know it's a lot to reflect on, especially given a lot of us feeling betrayed by JK. It just makes interacting with these concepts even murkier. But it says a lot that my coming to terms with my true nature and who I feel I am feels like I'm admitting to something taboo. There's just something spooky about Slytherins. But there's also something about honoring your darkness, clarifying your truths, and being willing to be unpopular that just makes you feel like you're stepping into villain energy. That being said, for those that aren't on the TikTok, let's take some time to unpack this. What is villain energy? And what even is this idealized villain era? In a sense, it's giving me a bit of you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. But imagine if die a hero or see yourself become a villain was about leaving behind a toxic ex partner that you used to give up so much for. You're stepping away in order to finally put your well being first. It's the shift from people pleasing, the sweet it girl, the ride or die all the way aesthetic. It's moving away from self-sacrifice, no matter the personal cost. The trend itself seems to have directly sprouted from euphoria. In season two, our girl Cassie says, well, if that makes me a villain, then so fucking be it. While messy in context, it's also kind of a vibe, even if it has that problematic root. I'd argue that we also need to factor in other properties like Shadow and Bone or The Darkling, who has no right being unattractive, has this famous line, fine, make me your villain. You know, back in November of 2021, my dad got pretty sick over Thanksgiving. I had to go and draw some serious lines with people in my family to protect my energy, to advocate for my family. And you'd better believe that I thought of that line when I did it. While I wasn't the villain, I became the villain to someone else for doing something disliked and something still unpopular. How dare I have boundaries? How dare I tell someone no? Villain era or villain energy also reminds me of this trend with how Disney has decided that all of these villains deserve origin stories. We're in this place right now where they're not necessarily asking us to forgive them. But they're asking us to consider thinking of them as maybe misunderstood baddies that dress cooler than the heroes ever did. It feels like an attempt to go back and fix their past mistakes. It's giving me an attempt to rectify having queer coded their rogues gallery because at the time it was an incredibly convenient way of conveying that someone was different And doing this ultimately played off of the audience's innate associations by packing on these cliches, these stereotypes, which created a through line where good guy is straight and cis, bad guy, probably your effeminate queer uncle, therefore villain. While it's beautiful that we are in a space today where queer folks have reclaimed these villains... It doesn't diminish how harmful this was and still is in many ways. You know, we see it in the shift in Loki's character in the MCU, where he was our big bad for quite some time, and then he shifted into morally gray trickster territory. And now he has his own Disney Plus series and he's painted as a complicated hero in his own right. We have Killmonger, where sure, plenty of things he did were bad, but he also had some points. And then we have Wanda, our Scarlet Witch, which that's all I'm going to say for right now. The villain's really having a moment right now, and I think that's part of what makes cultivating a villain era so enticing. And to be clear, we're not saying begin ghosting people, probably don't create an elaborate plot to steal And tap into the power of a tesseract for your own personal gain. And to enslave an entire universe. That's colonizer shit. This era is about prioritizing yourself. Setting those boundaries. Really living your life rather than performing or playing up parts of yourself to remain more palatable for other people. It's about trading that people pleasing for independence. Carving out your own path. Even if it makes other people uncomfortable. Having a villain era can feel complicated. It shouldn't feel villainous to have confidence in yourself or to honor your limitations and to be in touch with your shadow. But under capitalism, under patriarchy, unfortunately yes, for women, femmes, queer folk, people who just don't want to try to fit in anymore, just fit into the mold of other. A villain era is one where you may very well become the villain to other people, like soon-to-be former friends, bitter family members, because God forbid you should start sticking up for yourself and stop letting other people steamroll you. A villain era is a knowing you have a certain job, strictly to pay the bills, and not giving it any more of your energy than is required. You don't need to try to emulate some corporate ideal. You can simply get your job done and use your money to invest in yourself. Take trips, focus on your wellness, your well-being, because capitalism already takes so much away from us. You know work won't love you back, so claim that energy wherever possible. Villain Era is giving me refusal to put up with just playing nice because you should be the bigger person. Villain era begs you to see that as toxic positivity and not living in alignment with your truth and what's more, lacking self-respect. To zoom out a little bit here, villain era doesn't sound too bad, right? Like sure, maybe you also want to take it a step further, cultivate an edgier aesthetic into your wardrobe. Maybe wear darker colors, more black, sharper fitted silhouettes but it's mostly about the attitude. As far as how we collectively got here, if we look at the evolution of aesthetics and vibes, we have core in the early parts of the pandemic and a little bit before that. It graduated to goblin core and going feral in and around last year or so. So this trend leads me to think that there's been a slow build to building up to, to villain era. I think the other reason for this shift or yearning for the villain era comes directly from the pandemic itself. With the cause for social distancing, there's a lot of room for people to self reflect, disassociate, sometimes at order, sometimes not. We saw people we trusted make choices we disagree with. If you're chronically ill, immunocompromised, or need to think about the well being of the ones around you, you had to make choices and draw pretty hard lines. I'll be the first to admit that I drew some hard lines with family because I already did have COVID in March 2020. I had pneumonia in 2019. I was born with asthma. If I were to get COVID a second time, that really could do damage to me. You know, my parents are older, my loved ones, and those I see regularly might be fine if they got COVID, but do we really want to risk long COVID? I know that I don't. So, when it came down to getting back together with family, trying to get these holidays up and running again, I would reach out and say, how are we keeping everyone safe? What measures of production are you guys taking? What the hell have you been doing? What is even your back status? When I didn't like the answers I got or felt that I really wasn't getting answers to my questions, I adjusted my behavior to make sure that I was safe, that I felt safe, and I backed out when I knew that I had enough or that I was becoming dysregulated. Was I side-eyed and treated like I was overreacting? Oh yeah. But wouldn't you know it, we had a few positive cases coming out of that encounter. And because no one could afford the humility, I heard through the grapevine that people were saying, maybe we should have listened to Emmy. Maybe, maybe she was right. And now we're all worried that we might be positive too. While I love being right I don't like being right like this. At the very least, my husband and I were safe because we protected and honored our boundaries. I knew it was up to me to keep me safe because I knew others were letting their guards down and had decided that they were done with mitigation efforts. That's all fine for them, but I choose me. I know this isn't unique at all either. Lots of us who want to try to find safe ways for people to stay together end up needing to pull back entirely because no attempts to factor in their needs are made. Their needs and feelings are reduced down to cheap jokes and attempts to downplay any risk. So we end up being the lone wolves who have these solo holidays or try to piece together gatherings with our fellow misfits. Which leads me to my final question. Now that I know what a villain era is, should I have one? And the safe answer is, it depends. It does totally depend on you, but my gut instinct is to say absolutely yes. Step fully into your power. Say you do you boo boo to people who try to talk down to you after you warn them about risks or lay down what you need in order to be best supported. You did your best and you can't save everyone. As with anything, you're your own person. You are your own expert. Start asking yourself hard questions and if you need some inspo, Here are a few to get the ball rolling. I suggest some pen, paper, or whatever you use to journal to begin unpacking these for yourself. If you feel a sense of dread before calling someone you feel you need to check in on, ask yourself if you're doing it because you want to or because you've got to let bygones be bygones. What if you didn't just forgive and forget, but held them accountable? What if you asked for that apology? What if you finally told them what you're not willing to put up with anymore and what you need to change? Am I actually interested in this party? Do I feel like I like this person or do I feel obligated because of past history? How can I challenge this mindset? Do I need to go to this gathering to see this friend or can we work at a time to see them where I won't be riddled with anxiety? What if you didn't work late at a job with no career mobility? And no bonus system. What if you stopped lying about not wanting to have children? Does talking to so-and-so make me question my intelligence and capability as a human being? How can I work on drawing some lines and boundaries between me and them? The risks and potentiality of working with this, of integrating this kind of energy into your life, is only something that you could possibly know. But what's beautiful about it is you can scale it however you want. It's really hard for a lot of us to go all in on anything, but I think there's some room for all of us to get a little wicked. My mission for you is for you to commit to even one line being drawn in the coming weeks one villainous shift. You know, figure it out solo with your therapist, partner, spiritual advisor, and trust me. If you come out of it having thought or even said, fine, make me your villain, I'd say you nailed it, and I am so proud of you. They may see you as a villain, but rest assured, you're my goddamn hero. That's all for today's episode, everyone. Don't forget, if you're someone who loves a little treat, don't forget to screenshot a written review to Apple Podcasts, to Emmy at Soy Emmy, to get a little something I whipped up for you all who want to keep the villain vibes going. And if this inspires you to commit to some big moves, post about it and tag me in it. I'd love to see how you're embracing your villain era and how it's going for you. If you're listening in other platforms, please still give us a five-star rating. It really helps the podcast. And do go ahead and subscribe and share this episode with even one person you think would benefit from today's topic on the Violet Vulture. Again, you can keep up with me on Instagram at lostwayemmy, my website swayemmy.com, or you can get added to my newsletter, The Inner Circle, for first-in updates, upcoming launch info, and subscriber-only discounts. I hope to keep seeing you on the internet. That's all for today, friends. Thanks for tuning in to the Violet Vulture. Bye for now.